This is Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series, and we are in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15. Last time, we read the prophet Samuel's instructions to Saul to go attack and utterly destroy Amalek and all that they have. When we left off, Pastor Greg was discussing the spiritual significance of this to Christians under the New Covenant. And we're to let that sharp sword of the Word of God, which we're told is living and active, come cut out from us all that stops us from laying hold of God, laying hold of the kingdom of God. Amalek inside of us must die. That's the significance to us. But as to our relationships to others, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 7, with the woman that was caught in adultery, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And he stooped down and he wrote in the ground. And you could ask the question, gee, what could he write about me in that ground that would make me drop the stone? And those who heard it being convicted by their conscience were told, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This is the gospel of love. The goodness of God. The one that's standing that could cast that stone is Jesus Christ himself. And certainly every one of the others and every one of us would deserve by the law to die. Yet the only one that God required to make the sacrifice was his son Jesus, who didn't deserve to die. If the law was fulfilled in truth, no one would be left standing except the Messiah. So that's the New Testament way a Christian is to react to others with the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ to save and not to destroy. What's going on back in the time of Samuel and Saul, to even begin to understand it, we have to take into account, number one, the time that they're in. This is a barbaric world that we can't imagine because it's pre-Christian. It's pre-Christian values. We cannot begin to understand the situation that Israel is in at this time. And nowadays, people's sensitivities seem capable of allowing for more drastic measures in times of war, right? People will permit more to happen that we might consider violent at other points because they're at war. In Samuel's time, every day was war. And it was a war against an enemy that not only killed you, but that if they captured you, treated you horribly and tortured you and abused you terribly. 
It was a barbaric, horrible world, which we cannot imagine coming out of the Christian era. Suffice to say, to begin to understand it, we have to look at the nature of Amalek, the Amalekites themselves. We've seen their violence. If you read Leviticus chapter 18, it tells you of the peoples and the nations that surrounded Israel. The gross immorality, the incest that permeated their whole society and corrupted their children. A contamination that was upon all their peoples, even to the point of bestiality, and the taking of their children, and taking the innocent babies and sacrificing them in the fires to their idols and false gods. These were the people that were looking to take and destroy Israel. And you can see what a society it was and why God might have said to them, go out and utterly destroy them. Part of the answer lies in the Israelites themselves. In Matthew chapter 19, when Jesus was tested on marriage, he said that Moses permitted divorce because, he said, of the hardness of your hearts. Remember that the Israelites also are hard-hearted. God has been working with them and trying to get them to do what he wants. If he can't reach them in this contract, this covenant, how could they go in there and change a people by love? When you talk about going in with a nation that's so demonized and trying to take the people that are so much in immorality and violence and murder and make them righteous, especially when they've been attacking you, it would take tremendous love, tremendous miracles, great desire for mercy. It would require the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter. It would require Christianity and the gospel and the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they don't have that because Jesus has not come yet. And they're hard-hearted themselves. The new covenant has not been poured out only by the new covenant could Amalekites be destroyed and yet stand living, right? When Peter and Paul went into the pagan areas, those people, their cultures were destroyed. The bad was taken out, but they stood living because they were changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you don't have the gospel here. You have the old contract. And even those to whom it was given, the hardness of their hearts did not permit them to enter into a close covenant with God. So how could they change then this abominable nation which they faced? Part of the answer also lies in the nature of truth and what love and mercy really mean. It's unnatural just to laugh off Amalek. It's unnatural just to laugh off harm and violence and sin. In the law, a price is demanded. In Exodus chapter 21 and verse 23, it says, But if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, Stripe for stripe. In Leviticus chapter 24 and verse 19, it says, If a man causes disfigurement of his neighbor 
as he has done, so shall it be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he has caused this figment of a man, so shall it be done to him. These are the righteous requirements setting forth what we deserve by our actions. If we harm someone else terribly, we deserve to be harmed. If we cause grief, we deserve grief back. You can't just laugh it off and say, oh, you disfigured that person. That's not such a big deal. That would be unnatural. That would be hard-hearted. Justice requires a penalty. But in the new covenant of Christ Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, and verse 38, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. This is the supernatural. It's unnatural to say there should be no penalty. The natural law says when you do harm, you deserve to have that harm done back to you to understand how bad it is of what you've done. But the new covenant is supernatural. The goodness, the mercy, the loving kindness. We don't get what we deserve. Because when it says stripe for stripe, he did not deserve the stripes he got. So he took them in our place. We don't get what we deserve in the new covenant. We have grace, unmerited favor. We get what Messiah deserves. But I tell you that if we don't understand the just requirements of the law, if we don't understand what we should get in the natural, we can never appreciate or value the mercy and the forgiveness and the love that we receive under the new covenant. That is the problem with much of the conversation today. People in the world will speak like Christians and talk about love and kindness without understanding the penalty for sin, and so they really do not understand love and kindness. It becomes as though, well, I just deserve to get away with what I did. I just deserve not to have anything happen to me. And it becomes a shallow form of grace, and no love at all, because love means to change, to not want to see people continue on in the way they're going. So it's not love at all. It sounds like what we believe in, but it's not. Because you cannot appreciate love. Love is not love at all if it's not founded on justice. Mercy cannot be understood as mercy if we don't understand what we should receive. We should receive an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We don't deserve the bounty that God gives us. We have consequences to our actions. And certainly the old covenant, the old contract is showing the result, 
the consequences for actions. God hates the Amalekites. He hates Amalek. He hates the Amalekite in us. And Amalek deserves to be utterly destroyed. Thank God the mercy of the new covenant that the apostles went out and Amalek was destroyed and the people stood alive by the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's go back to Saul in chapter 15. Saul takes 200,000 foot soldiers, 10,000 men of Judah. He lays in wait outside the city of the Amalekites. The Kenites who are in that area and are somehow connected to the Amalekites, the Kenites had shown favor to the Israelites. Remember, uh, Moses' father-in-law and his descendants are called Midianites and Kenites. Saul gives them the opportunity to depart so that they're not destroyed with the Amalekites and they leave. And then Saul attacks the Amalekites and he utterly destroys all the people with the edge of the sword. But he takes Agag, the king alive. And you read in verse 9 of chapter 15, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them, but everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. They only go part of the way. Come worship the Lord with us. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle holds Sunday service at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Join Pastor Greg next time for more insightful Bible study on Shi'ar Jeshub.